Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and tall.com. Uh, speaking of uh, many and varied challenges uh, of life, with March being National Kidney Month, there isn't a better time to chat with our current guests. Today we are joined by PKD Foundation of Canada Executive Director Jeff Robertson and the Volunteer Toronto Chapter Coordinator Matan Volach. The PKD Foundation of Canada is the only national organization solely dedicated to raising funds and awareness for polycystic kidney disease, or PKD as it's uh, most often known. The mission of the foundation is to promote programs of research, advocacy, education, support, and awareness in order to discover treatments and an eventual cure for this often devastating disease. Both Jeff and Matan have personal ties to this hereditary disease, which serves as their fuel in the fight to end PKD. Uh, Polycystic kidney disease is a genetic disease that causes fluid-filled cysts to attack the affected organ, uh, predominantly, of course, the kidney. Approximately one in five to 500 to 1,000 people are affected by, by PKD, and there's currently no cure. Until one is found, PKD will threaten the lives of every generation of every family affected. It equally affects men, women, and children, regardless of race, age, geography, or ethnic origin. And it started as a provincial organization back in 1994 with one Toronto chapter, and now they're incorporated on a national level six years ago, and they have local chapters stretching as far west as Vancouver, British Columbia, and as far east as Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. These chapters serve as a voice and support for the local PKD community and provide people with a way to stay connected with one another on their PKD journeys. Welcome to the show, uh, show guys. Thanks for having Thank us, you, Tom. Tom. Uh, you guys are repeat guys on the show. This is a rare uh, rarity, so uh, very cool. But uh, someone who lives with a chronic illness and disease, uh, I understand some of the challenges. And so I'm always happy to promote you guys and whatever you're doing. And uh, I didn't realize that March was kidney month. So uh, nice for me to, to learn that as well. So... Uh, Let's just start it out. Maybe people, there are going to be people listening who don't know what PKD is. So what is polycystic kidney disease? Sure, Tom. Well, PKD, uh, as you mentioned, the the more common abbreviated uh, form, is a genetic hereditary disease that causes fluid-filled cysts. They're about the size of a golf ball. Uh, to grow and manifest on the affected organ. Uh, and as you said in the uh, introduction, it does affect predominantly the kidneys, um, but other organs are often uh, heavily impacted. My mother, for example, uh, had it predominantly on her liver, and other individuals can have it on the pancreas as well. Uh, and over time, what those cysts do is cause um, the affected organ to fail. So more often, uh, approximately 50% of those with the dominant form of PKD um, will enter end-stage renal failure uh, and rely on either dialysis or transplantation to prolong the quality of their life. Wow. And uh, that one, when I first came across you guys, uh, I was surprised by how many people are affected by PKD. And I think uh, there was some stat about more people have PKD than there was like three or four other diseases mentioned combined. It's, 
Absolutely. It's, it's a very common disease, um, and that's why it's wonderful to get on shows like this, and especially during Kidney Month, to really shine the light uh, on polycystic kidney disease because it, it is a, a genetic disease that affects between 500 to 1,000 people, uh, or 1 in 500 to 1,000 people, pardon me. So that's approximately 12.5 million people globally um, who are at risk of inheriting this disease, and that's 66,000 Canadians. So it's a very, very common disease, uh, but very few people have ever heard of it before. So uh, from our foundation standpoint on a national level, and Matan can attest on a local level, um, any any avenue that we can get out to promote uh, awareness of this disease, we're on it because it's it's of the utmost importance that more people, both in the medical community uh, and the general population, learn about this often devastating disease. Exactly. Do you remember what the there was like three or four listed that were like common that I recognized, and it said there's more people with PKD than these three or four combined. Uh, cystic fibrosis. There, there's a list of them, and, and, and I can't think of them offhand, but it's, it's, it speaks to the fact that these diseases, as you mentioned, there's more, um, it's more common than, than a handful of, of household names, household diseases that are out there. Right. You guys need to become a household name. That's uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> pretty, pretty absolutely. sad when a disease needs to become a household name. But uh, come on, if you walk up to 100 people on the street and ask them about PKD or cystic fibrosis, they'll have heard of cystic fibrosis. They, a small percentage will have heard of PKD. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, desperate uh, that you get the word out. Uh, a for the sufferers. Uh, because sometimes you don't realize how many other people around you have it, but also B, for people who are unaware of it, uh, they need to be just as concerned about it as well. Now, how have you both been affected uh, by PKD? Uh, What are some of the symptoms? What are some of the challenges to your life that you've had to face? Dan, why don't you jump in and then I'll follow suit. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, um Tom, as the Toronto Chapter Coordinator, I started uh, getting involved way before this position about 10 years ago. Um, I was diagnosed after several weeks of pain in the back and sides. I didn't know what was happening, why I couldn't sleep. I was getting up constantly. Um, I, I had trouble focusing. I was constantly tired, fatigued, and I thought it might be work or school. That's just, you know, uh, the normal life of a university student. But after a while, I, I said, you know, I, I got to go check this out. And uh, I went to my doctor's office, and my doctor told me, well, you know, you're you're bartending, you're serving, it's probably just, you know, back pain, muscular pain. Do some stretches, drink lots of water, and get some sleep, and you'll be better. And so I literally tried that. But after a few more weeks went by and nothing seemed to help, I, I went back to the doctor, uh, I think, two or three more times until – uh, finally agreed to do an ultrasound. And see, in my family, Tom, there was never um, a clinical history of polycystic kidney disease because I was adopted. And so the doctor didn't know what to look for. And so in my case, there was only symptomology to go by. So finally I got the ultrasound, and it came back as several cysts on both kidneys, Um the left kidney had a cyst measuring up to seven centimeters in diameter uh, in the upper le- in the upper left pole, and the right had uh, in the mid pole a cyst up to five centimeters in diameter. Um, and several others were present on both kidneys, indicating uh, polycystic kidney disease. Since there was no family history, um, we had to do a couple ultrasounds to verify and some blood work, and it did come back positive. So first, psychologically, you know, being diagnosed with something like that was was a little bit overwhelming. And uh, I can't I can't lie to you. Uh, I was very distracted. I had to take a break from university and figure out what is this disease that I have. What am I going to be dealing with later on in life? And um, I found the PKD Foundation, um, and I started I started uh, researching this disease 10 years ago. I found the foundation shortly after, and I've just been doing a little bit of work with them and leading me to the point now where I think that um, 
it's critically important for me to take a role in this uh, foundation as well in, as in this disease because I know how much they've helped me from finding resources to feeling better about my disease and meeting others uh, with it. It's been, it's been a long journey, but I'm very glad that I'm here today, Tom. And you can uh, make one correction there. You said you're doing a little bit of work with the foundation. You're doing a lot of work. I I love volunteers, and I look around at my friends, and not a lot of them are doing a lot of work. And so you are doing a lot of work, not just a little bit of work. So, yeah, what a, and I understand about the adoption thing. My wife is adopted, and so for a few things she had to, try and she did find her parents and found some history to uh, see about some tests so that's a unique thing as well when you're adopted you don't always know whether what's chronic in your family and what's not chronic in your family that's right absolutely how about you Jeff uh, for our family um, my grandmother and my mother both uh, have polycystic kidney disease the dominant form uh, it was also believed that my great grandmother had uh, the disease as well, but um, she passed before testing could go underway. But she she suffered um, a lot of the same symptoms that both my grandmother and my mother have. So uh, urinary tract infections and, and the stones, uh, the pain in the lower flank and, and things of that nature. So it, it's quite conclusive that she passed it down to my grandmother, uh, who then passed it on to my mother. Um, a very wide spectrum uh, of the disease, which which is not uncommon, um, with families affected by PKD because there really isn't a norm as to uh, how devastated one will be from this disease, when they will be impacted by it. Um, so my grandmother is uh, 91 years old, uh, lives a very happy and healthy life, uh, has only started taking uh, high blood pressure medication over the last few years, um, and has lived generally problem-free while living with PKD. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, has had one of the more severe forms of the disease. Uh, she's underwent uh, two liver transplants to date uh, and will likely require a kidney in the next five to eight years, give or take, depending on how her function remains. Um, her birth liver, when extracted, weighed close to 38 pounds. Uh, she's a tall, lean woman and looked um, nine months pregnant for the first 14 years of my life until her first transplant. Uh, then we almost celebrated 10 years to the day uh, with that first donor organ, uh, and she uh, suffered a bile duct infection, which caused the donor liver to fail um, and put her back into the hospital. She was back here at Toronto General Hospital under the great care of the doctors there, um, and thankfully, by you know the, the grace of higher powers, was able to receive uh, another gift of life, um, very, very close to uh, the brink of death this second time. So it was the timing could not have been any better. Um, and if you saw her today, you wouldn't you wouldn't know there was anything wrong with her. I can barely keep up to her as a as a healthy 33 year old man. She's just a constant go 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 woman, and it's it's amazing to see. So she's a true testament to uh, the mighty powers of organ donation. Um, both my sister and I were genetically tested uh, as part of a study uh, through Dr. York Hayes Clinic here at Toronto General Hospital as well, um, and neither of us inherited the disease, and we were both at, a, at that 50% uh, inheritance rate, so we ran a risk of um, both having this disease and neither of us did, so our family is quite the, um, the wide spectrum of it. Hmm. Interesting, and you mentioned something that I love talking about. You said how great uh, the Mississauga General Hospital is, and and whenever I speak, I always remind people of what a global blessing it is to live in Canada, especially with our neighbors to the south, the U.S. Uh, when you're sick in Canada, you don't also have to worry about being bankrupt at the same time. And we do have, like, some of the finest hospitals, doctors, medical system on the planet. And it doesn't cost you anything. We pay a lot of taxes. Who cares? Uh, you can go to the hospital without worrying about, am I going to be able to afford it? You never have to have those two thoughts in your head at the same time. So what a great blessing we have in Canada here. And interesting, uh, interesting journey you've had. Uh, you guys both have different journeys, uh, but uh, both 
both with the same disease. So interesting to to find that that out. Now, what does the PKD Foundation of Canada do to support the PKD community on a local and national level? Because uh, I know it's so important. Like when you have any disease, like with rheumatoid arthritis that I have, I'm involved with the Arthritis Society. Just when I lead courses and workshops and hang around other people, I learn things about how to deal with my arthritis that even though I've had it for 46 years, you'd think I'd know everything, uh, how to handle it. But people have come up with really neat ideas and ways and devices. And, and it's so important to hang around those people so that you're like, oh, wow, you get encouragement from them, you learn from them, and you learn from the society at the same time. So it's important that you guys do that. And what are you doing in all those local chapters to bring some encouragement to people suffering from the disease. So I'll speak uh, on a national level, and then I'll throw it off to Matan uh, as our Toronto chapter coordinator, and he can speak to uh, the local factors. So as as you mentioned again in the introduction, we are the only national organization um, solely dedicated to PKD awareness um, and funding for clinical research and fellowships. So uh, our foundation acts as... Um, an outlet for those who want to get more involved in the PKD community. And, and you hit the nail on the head a minute ago, Tom, when you talk about um, that peer-to-peer relationship and the value that's found in that um, is, is one of a kind. Um, so what our foundation does through uh, various activities, the chapter educational and informational meetings, um, which we host on a local level um, across the country in all of our local chapters, and we have a chapter in uh, Vancouver, as you mentioned. We have Hamilton, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, uh, Cornerbrook, Newfoundland as well, with our walk events in Guelph and Van Cleek Hill as well. Um, we We provide people the opportunity to make a greater impact on a local level. Um, We provide them with the educational materials and the literature to share with the general community by way of um, going to home and garden shows, setting up a booth at their local mall. Uh, Our Hamilton chapter most recently just went to uh, St. Joseph's for uh, a week and set up a pop-up shop. Uh, and handed out brochures and educated people on polycystic kidney disease and the importance of of living a kidney-conscious lifestyle and diet. Um, so we we rely on those volunteers to to spread the word about polycystic kidney disease um, in areas and avenues that we can't get to as a national organization. Um, the peer-to-peer relationship that you have. Um, it's it's wonderful to see from from someone who is personally and professionally affected. Um, some of the individuals that come to our local meetings uh, or attend our Walk for PKD in September, which is our signature fundraising event, uh, these are folks that have now known each other 10, 15 years um, through our foundation and have carried that friendship. Um, and, and they often rely on one another to, to learn more about their PKD journey, uh, maybe someone is about to go on dialysis and has um, concerns or fears about the process, so we can connect them with someone who has been there in their in their shoes, um, who is going through dialysis or has gone through dialysis and uh, has now been transplanted, and we help them find um, the support in a ver- in a variety of avenues um, that help them um, strengthen their their comfortability in in living with PKD. Um, our local chapters then, as Matan will attest, um, hones in on all of that and focuses really on a central level. Uh, the Toronto chapter is our, is our kind of the granddaddy of them all, so it's the, uh, the most established, longest-running chapter. Um, and Matan has done a great job over the, uh, the couple of years um, where he's been leading the chapter to bring in new blood uh, into the system, bring in new members, uh, new speakers, um, who who help to further educate and advocate for the PKD community. Nice. Nice, yeah. And that's a challenge as a country the size of Canada to get everybody involved from Newfoundland to British Columbia. And uh, I, I know you're doing a good job of that. And uh, it's a tough job because it's such a large country to cover. Matan, how about on the local... Uh, Toronto level here, uh, I know you're 
really active in the Toronto area, and what are some of the things that you guys do? Tom, we do a variety of things at the local level. Um, we kind of we focus on a few different areas. We focus on advocacy, education, and fundraising. If I were to split it into just three areas, and what we do for um, what we do for all of them is we try to get as many people as we can involved, give them as much information as we can, and get them out into the community. Um, one one way that we one way that we educate people and the public, our members and the public, uh, is through uh, educational booths. We set up tables at hospitals, community fairs, um, schools, and we literally educate uh, people. We give them free information. We answer their questions. We have uh, uh, myself, Jeff, um, get out there personally. We have several volunteers that are highly trained and they understand the ins and outs of PKD. They answer questions uh, for the public. Specifically in the schools, we have educational presentations that we give around the GTA in high schools where we talk a little bit to the uh, scientific, um, we explain PKD from a science standpoint and the students understand it because a lot of these students are biology students, uh, biochemistry, physiology, uh, nursing, practical nursing, and so we, we try to target the students that are going to um, get get involved, get passionate about the disease, and want to take on a role themselves. And often it does happen that with these educational presentations at schools, um, and we do do them at colleges as well. We get we get people that come to us saying, you know, I'm a medical student. Let me get involved. I want to share this with my friends. I want to learn more about it. And the more we do this, the more we know that in the future we're going to have. Uh, responsible members of the public that want to get involved, that want to share this information, and we're going to have more and more advocacy and education for the disease. Uh, in addition to in addition to the uh, advocacy and education that we do, there are chapter meetings which we set up bi-monthly. We get in uh, a bunch of our very interested and um, very outgoing members. We bring them out to our chapter meetings, and we have a guest speaker where we uh, we bring our members up to date with current events in the PKD community when it comes to uh, research, when it comes to inspirational stories. Uh, You yourself, Tom, have been one of our inspirational speakers, and that was, uh, in my opinion, one of the most touching, one of the most personal and and memorable chapter meetings that we've had, because here's someone that comes in, an expert in resiliency, like like you say yourself, and you really are. I mean, you've, you've gone through things that, I mean, any machine would 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 stop working and you've gone and continued and you're strong and you're resilient and and you keep bringing a smile to people's faces and telling them your story and inspiring them to to be better uh people to be to be better versions of themselves and to keep going um and so it's guest speakers like you that motivate our members that um get them that reignite their passion and uh we also bring in other speakers from the medical community, researchers. Um, we have clini- clinician researchers um, that are both um, clinical directors, for example, of hereditary disease programs or kidney clinics in different hospitals, as well as um, as well as uh, researchers in the field, specifically in polycystic kidney disease. And so, we raise money, of course, as a foundation, and we want to support research as much as we can. And the money that we raise on a local level contributes to the national um, effort to uh, to support research in polycystic kidney disease. We are still the only um, national Canadian foundation that supports uh, research, solely supports the research in uh, polycystic kidney disease, and we uh, we do the best that we can through all of our different engagements to to bring the disease to the public so that it can get us to the tipping point where people know about the disease, they want to get involved, they want to donate, and uh, the research is being done to find a treatment and a cure for polycystic kidney disease. And we're going to continue doing that at the Toronto chapter and I'm sure at the, at the uh, increasing number and strength of the chapters across Canada as well. Nice, nice. I, I had a great time when I spoke with you guys. Uh, 
I came up with something on the spot that was, uh, I thought, I laugh, even, I sometimes even think about it now, and it's been a while, and laugh about it, and it was talking about how I am blessed to have a visible disability. Nobody can look at me walking or doing anything and not know, well, something's wrong with Tom, but you guys, you look just like regular, healthy, young guys, and yet here you have a chronic, serious, could be potentially life-threatening uh, chronic illness, and you're just walking the street, nobody knows, and it's like, oh, poor you, Jeff, or oh, my God, like, come over here, poor you. And so it, it can be a blessing to have a visible disability because you guys just don't look like you have one, and yet it's a pretty seer, severe one that you do have. And so I really did enjoy sharing with you, and I had even thought about the fact that, yeah, we have different chronic diseases, but anyone who suffers from a chronic disease will be going through some of the similar thoughts and emotions and feelings and experiences and so it's always nice to get together with other people uh, with uh, chronic illnesses, sometimes even for me just to say, well, oh, at least I don't have that. <laughs> and, and, so, you, and you hit the nail on the head, Tom. I mean, the, the fact that, you know, two very, very different disorders um, can can find so much in common in the um, strength and ter- determination and the importance of those qualities um, to to further advocate for themselves is is invaluable and and while I I you know painstakingly missed your your first presentation at the Toronto chapter the members still talk about the impact that that you had on them and um, that's something that will carry on infinitely um, it gives them that inspiration um, to to keep fighting and that's the underlining message whether you have uh, cancer whether you have kidney disease, whether you have heart issues, um, it's that inner fight that we need to um, bring up from the belly of the beast, so to speak, you know, and that's and that's really what we do is we get people passionate um, and, and that's what Matan does a fantastic job in our Toronto chapter is, is it gets people riled up to make a difference in the PKD community um, and that's what we need because, you know, as, as we touched on earlier, um, that list of diseases, Tom, are, are extremely common. We're talking Down syndrome, cystic fibrosis, muscular dystrophy, uh, and sickle cell anemia, which are all very common diseases, yet PKD is more uh, predominant than all of them combined. And, and if you walk up to someone on the street, they really, really will not know what this is. Um, so it's it's important to get the the kidney disease out there in the limelight. And and March being kidney month, there's no better time. Exactly. And and I go back and think back to what Natan said when he was first diagnosed. And that's a lot of what uh, your organization is about and should be about is when people are first diagnosed, they are like Natan. They're like maybe they drop out of something, a job or school for a bit and like what the, what am I gonna do? What are the long term effects? How am I gonna have to live? And people go through all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of emotions and when they're going through those thoughts and emotions without the education and support of the PKD Foundation, uh, it can tend to the negative. And you guys can Absolutely. bring hope, you can bring encouragement, you can bring, well, okay, we live in Canada, we're on it, we're going to help you, we're going to make sure you live as long as you can, as healthy as you can. Yeah, any any chronic diagnosis, as you can attest to, um, can turn a world upside down, if you let it. Um, and, and you hit the nail on the head again by saying, you know, one of the first things um, that people can do is is to look for those support systems, and that's what we are. Um, so we need people to to find us faster, so that they realize they're not alone, and that there is you know potentially 66,000 Canadians and 12.5 million people on a global level who know what they're going through, who have been where they're about to go through, um, and we need to connect those people because that that support is invaluable, and and the loneliness and the emotional burdens. Um, of living with the unknown or living with a hereditary disease um, can be as crippling as the disease itself if you let it. Um, so for us and our volunteers, and you see at our chapter meetings or at our uh, 
fundraising events. I mean, they, these are the most driven um, advocates that you will ever meet. These are these are people that are are living every day with a smile on their face, trying to make a difference and and getting that education out there to make sure that no one is you know that 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 no man left behind scenario. And and it makes a world of a difference when you have that level of support. A world of difference for sure, and and to not only the person suffering with it, but to their family as well. They need to learn about what are, what is it that my son or daughter has, and how can we help, or my husband or wife, and and so it's so important to get that awareness uh, uh, to those people. And I've been used a lot in the past by uh, rheumatologists, orthopedic doctors, where they. Like, Tom, somebody's just been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Go talk to them so they can see, like, this is not the end of their life. Uh, or someone's just going for their first uh, knee replacement or something. Just go talk to them because they think they're going to die. And after I show up, they're like, okay, if Tom can do it, I can do it too. And so well, mentor, so- mentoring is huge, absolutely huge. And And my mom's been... Uh, operating the hotline, which is which is generally um, people's first contact. They'll call in and, and look for more information. Uh, and she's been connecting with those people and kind of been the first voice uh, of PKD these people have, uh, have heard from um, for over 15 years. And, and she still talks to some of these people. When I talked earlier about um, the lifelong friendships that are forged through um, a disease, um, she still talks to people that she met with by phone 15, 16 years ago. Um, and and it, it's a bond that's unbreakable. And, and, and I can attest, you know, when, when you go and speak to these people, um, the, the strength and the support that you're providing them that, hey, if he can get through all of what he's gone through and I'm going through a fraction of it right now, I'm going to be okay. Um, that That puts them in such a a more promising, positive spot to be in pre-op or pre-journey um, than the unknown. So mentoring is a huge component of our foundation, and, and I, I can't speak highly, more highly of it. Exactly. Now, Matan, I, I like Matan a lot, so let's let him grab one that's not even on the script here. But I like to learn from people like day-to-day and month-to-month, what adjustments do you have to make to your life than, say, someone who's just walking around perfectly healthy, those dirty dogs? But, uh, you know, like with mine, I have to make all kinds of adjustments, how I get dressed, how I pick things up off the ground, how I reach things, uh, all kinds of adjustments I have to make uh, that probably only my wife gets to see those daily ones. What do you have to do or what does someone with PKD have to do differently uh, that the general public just doesn't see uh, so that you can live longer and live healthier with the disease. Thank you so much for asking that, Tom. Uh, well, because there is no uh, treatment or cure and, and the research is ongoing to find the answer to that question, all I can really answer right now is, um, is what I have to go through on a daily basis. And let me give you the one-two of that, uh, the basics of it, is that for for someone with polycystic kidney disease, uh, there is a variable progression in the disease. So some people have no symptoms for life, and others develop massive kidneys by the time they're in their 30s, um, and their blood pressure skyrockets and such. I'm probably somewhere in the middle, and I'll tell you, for myself, I have a lot of pain in the back and the sides. I do have high blood pressure. Um, for your information, 40% of patients by their 20s uh, have high blood pressure, and uh, they also have a usually increased left ventricular heart mass. Uh, the left ventricle of the heart grows uh, in about 48% of patients, and together, the increased blood pressure and the left ventricular heart mass and the growth in both of them uh, are associated with congestive heart disease. Um, a large part of that is, again, the psychology of it is, you know, um, what's going to happen to me down down the line, excuse me. Um, because of the high blood pressure, there is also a risk of cerebral aneurysm. And if that aneurysm uh, bursts, you end up uh, possibly with a stroke. Um, in addition to I'm the heart problems. Dead. And, 
and possibly dead. That's right. <laughs> um, because of that high blood pressure, you often get um, headaches that could or could not be aneurysms, but there's often headaches. Uh, also, there is low uh, low levels of a hormone called EPO or erythropoietin in uh, PKD patients, um, and that leads to anemia. Basically, EPO stimulates the bone marrow to create more blood cells, and the blood cells, via the work of hemoglobin protein, they transfer oxygen in the body. And so when you have low levels of this hormone, EPO, uh, it leads to anemia, which means that you have low levels of oxygen in the body and you can't uh, you can't focus. It's it, you feel fatigued and lethargic, and uh, everything happens kind of slowly. You, you, you're drowsy and you're dizzy. So a lot of PKD patients, by the by the time you know uh, the the afternoon wall uh, comes around, there's no climbing over that wall. There's no getting around it. It's just that's your day. And a lot of PKD patients will literally have to be the most productive by, by noon or 1 o'clock because they know that after that it just goes downhill from there. Um, in addition to that, uh, I could tell you, I mean, in addition to the fatigue that I do experience personally, the drowsiness, the dizziness, the confusion, um, there's an embarrassment factor. I go to work and uh, because I have to drink a lot of water, which is one of the important things that the medical community tells us is that by drinking lots of water, we can reduce a hormone called vasopressin, um, which has to do with water retention in the body. And um, by reducing that hormone as much as possible, uh, hypothetically, we could contribute or help to slow the progression of the disease. So there's still a lot of studies being done, but we know that water is very beneficial for the disease. Keeping the blood very diluted is excellent for this disease. Uh, and then avoiding things like caffeine and red meat and salt and nitrates. Um, and uh, regulating your protein so that you're not getting too much at once, and also distributing the water drinking throughout the day so that you're, so that you're not overwhelming your kidneys with too much water. Um, but because of drinking that much, wa that much water, excuse me, um, you're constantly drinking water, and that includes at work. And so I've actually had to let my manager know that I must run to the restroom about once an hour, and that's because I'm drinking this much water, um, and I have to let it out. And, you know, every job that I've been in, I've had to speak to my manager. This is what happens, what I have to do, so that you don't think that I'm in the restroom talking to my girlfriend or, or talking to someone on the phone or wasting time. You know, people are looking at you. What's that guy always doing? He just doesn't want to do any work. And, <laughs> and so <laughs> you get left with the choice of either being um, ridiculed or explaining your situation. And, you know, no one wants to have to explain their situation, but I, I think that, uh, in a way, it's better than not. Uh, even worse than that, Tom, is uh, the w the embarrassment of women when they go out in public. Women with very large kidneys or l large livers, like Jess told you about his mom, Jan, and her liver was so large that she looked pregnant. Imagine women with this disease having to go out in public and being congratulated on their pregnancy. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 <laughs> and yeah. that happens on a daily basis. All of these things happen on a daily basis, which is, again, why it's it's so important to meet people like yourself that you can uh, develop lifelong friendships with and to get the resources. The PKD Foundation of Canada is your Canadian resource. It's important um, to connect with us. It's important to find us. And uh, we've been around almost 20 years. We have everything that you need. So connect with us and we'll give you what is necessary for you to um, for you to live a better life and for you to, uh, I guess, to give you solutions. We give you solutions, literally. Exactly, and I can really uh, understand the anemia part. That is uh, one of the things that comes with rheumatoid arthritis. And when I lead workshops, a lot of them, like quantity, 50% of what people have a challenge with is the energy level and their... 70% uh, of people who get arthritis are women and their spouses don't always understand like why is the house a mess? Why are you not doing as much as you used to do? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? But that level of fatigue is it's hard to explain unless you have anemia that like just even paying attention to a conversation 
can take a ton of energy because you're so exhausted, let alone even replying to whoever is talking to you. And so that is a real challenge when you live in a North American lifestyle. Maybe you're married or have a spouse that doesn't really understand, like, why is she so tired all the time? And it is a big, big challenge. It's invisible, so people can think, like, what a lazy person, but there's no laziness involved. It's just pure 100% fatigue where you have to, like, just force yourself or drag yourself to do anything, and that is really tough to deal with. So I really understand where you're uh, coming from that uh, in that direction, and uh, especially when you're a young person, you're like, you should have more energy than you do. Uh, they don't well, that's why it's, it's important. You know, it's important to um, be cognizant that, that we don't know what other people are dealing with, whether we see it or not. Um, and in working in this community, you know, we've we've discussed a variety of, of different PKD patient types, those that are visible um, and their symptoms are visible, those that aren't. Um, and one isn't suffering more than the other just because of, you know, a swollen abdomen or or, you know, the lack thereof. Um, so for us, it's it's really helped uh, myself, I know in my role, uh, appreciate that, you know, we have to be a much more understanding community um, because the hidden uh, the hidden nuances that come with disease or, or mental illness, for example, um, it can be completely invisible to the common eye, um, but it's a day-to-day struggle that someone can be fighting with. And, and, you know, be it getting out of bed in the morning and just starting their day um, can be more draining than what a healthy person may feel like after. And we don't know what that person is dealing with. So it's it's been a very humbling position uh, to be a part of the PKD community. And I'm sure the same goes for, for you with your community, Tom, is that you, you see how other people live and what they go through. And, and as long as we're doing the best we can, um, and reaching out when we need that help, um, we'll be able to get through it. Right. You can get through it with the help of other people. And uh, something Jeff said uh, earlier I really uh, stuck with me about, like, just keep on keeping on, pushing on, get up today, get up and do what you need to. Like, if you give in one day, if I give in one day and stay at home because I'm from work, because I'm tired or sore, well, guess what? Tomorrow I'm just as tired or sore, so it's easy for my brain to think, well, you were tired and sore yesterday and you stayed home, so why not stay home today? And pretty soon you're on a slippery slope. So as Jeff said, just press on, press on, press on. It's a battle. It's a challenge. But don't give in. Don't give in. As soon as you give in, it makes it easier to give in again and again and again. And so I really appreciate a lot of what you guys are saying. And now, like with uh, uh, when arthritis people get together, they talk about new drugs, new drugs. And there's like amazing drugs now. Boy, if you get rheumatoid arthritis now, you have a really nice chance because of biologic drugs. But I understand that uh, recently Health Canada approved... uh, I'll let you pronounce the names of these drugs, and it's a treatment for sure. ad- it's a treatment for adults with I don't even know how to pronounce that autosomal dominant. autosomal dominant polycystic kidney disease. You got it. Um, yeah. So at the at the end of February, uh, February 26th to be exact, Health Canada uh, approved the very first treatment for adults living with the dominant form of polycystic kidney disease. Um, it's, it's called Genarc or Tolvaptin. Um, and this is, as I mentioned, the very first approved treatment. Um, but it's not an all-encompassing treatment. And that's what we need to um, keep doing what we're doing as a foundation because this, this treatment, uh, which is a twice-daily oral medication, uh, what it does is it slows the progression of the kidney enlargement and helps to protect the kidneys from further damage and failure. So if if caught early on in one's diagnosis, um, it will slow the progression of those cysts that we talked about earlier that grow and grow and manifest um, until the organ fails. Um, but some individuals, children, um, those with the recessive form of polycystic kidney disease, um, post-transplants, 
patients that are too far gone um, or are at a higher stage of kidney failure uh, will not benefit from Genarc. So this is a huge step forward um, in the PKD community on a global level. Japan is the only other country um, that has approved Genarc to date, um, followed by Canada, and Europe is closely behind. Um, but there is so much more work that needs to be done, and that's why we as a foundation uh, are so thankful to Health Canada that finally there is an option um, for PKD patients because before Genarc, there was nothing. You know, our, our elevator speech was that there is no treatment or cure for this disease. And now, you know, 20 years later for our foundation, um, we can finally say there is a treatment for select PKD patients. Um, and what we're really hoping that this does, Genarc, um, is that it opens the way um, for other pharmaceutical companies to, to see the value in the PKD community, um, to realize that one treatment is great, two treatments is better, um, and, and that we can, we can find something that does um, help the PKD community at a whole. This is a terrific start um, and will we'll provide um, the, the necessary um, health for the next generation of PKD patients. Um, but until we can find something that can, that can help all of the community, we as a foundation need to keep forging ahead, keep funding new research, keep funding new treatments. Um, the, the very important thing um, is the, the funding of fellows to get those laws. Nice. And, community. Uh, is the drug expensive? There's a lot of new drugs when they come out, they're like prohibitively expensive. The, the, um, the details surrounding the coverage and the costs will, will likely roll out um, around mid-May, so they haven't been made available to the public just yet, but that is often, um, often the case in new drugs, as you said, is that, okay, so now there is this treatment, but we can't afford it or my health plan doesn't cover it. So right. the, the, the approval from Health Canada is, is really just the first win what needs of what many need to be made um, you know it's it's then making it accessible for the community making it affordable to the community um, so this is really just the door opening um, but the battle is far from over if you, if you should say exactly well it's nice to have a door open and that, uh, that gives uh, uh, some hope to people and hope is oh, you can go a long way on hope so that's always a nice thing to have Definitely, and I mean this is that's what's great about Genarc specifically, uh, is that it will it will help the next generation of PKD patients. So those that have um, passed the disease on to their children um, now know that when their children are, are of age and if they're eligible to be treated um, with this particular medication, um, that they may not suffer as as their parents did or their grandparents, um, and that that is a sigh of relief because. The, the burden of knowing that this disease is hereditary, uh, which some don't at the time of conception, um, they're left with that guilt and the burden of passing this disease on to their children. So what this does now is it provides that bit of hope that their children won't suffer the same way um, that they did. And that goes a long way, as you said. That goes a long way and uh, helps uh, future generations. I hadn't even thought of the fact, but like, if you meet someone, you're thinking about getting married and having kids. Sadly, it's a discussion you gotta have. Like, well, you know, I got this, and our child may get this as well, and that's not. It's, a, it's such a personal um, decision, Tom, that that we can't even begin to to explain it. Um, a lot, of people, you know, everyone takes it differently. Some, you right. know, more knowledge is power. Others, it's the see no evil, hear no evil. You know, for <laughs> right, myself, right. for example, um, I always wanted to know. It wasn't going, not knowing if I had the disease wasn't going to change anything, if not make it worse by not, you know, being able to proactively uh, take better care of myself. When, when one is diagnosed with something, it's a lot harder to um, disobey the lifestyle, you know, and, and with, with right. kidney patients and the importance of diet and water intake and restricting that salt and monitoring your caffeine and obviously not smoking, 
limiting your alcohol, those are all things that, that if you're diagnosed with PKD or at risk of it, can prolong the quality of your life. So I always wanted to know um, when I, if I had this disease. So from a very, about my early teens, every three years I would go for an ultrasound, which is one of the early detections. The, the fluid-filled cysts come up gray and cloudy, um, and I never showed any signs of that. And that, that was a good start, um, but isn't conclusive. So it wasn't until I was 26, uh, years old that we participated in that genetic study at Toronto General Hospital where it was 100% conclusive that I do not carry the genes and then there was no shadow of a doubt um, because when I you know at this time I was still I was a single man but wanting to have children down the road um, I wanted to know what I was dealing with and I wanted my wife to know my future wife to know at the time what we were going to be dealing with. Um, would it have changed uh, whether we had um, a child naturally or, or went the adoption route or in vitro fertilization? I can't say, but it was it's knowing everything you can. Knowledge is power, as we all know. Nice. Um, so yeah. definitely something to you know that to take on and, and then make the decisions accordingly. Right, and you're down the road as actually come up already on the road because I see pictures of a little little tyke all over uh, Facebook and uh looks like a future world changer to me. So uh Yeah, my down. wife is uh my my wife is three months shy of uh of delivering our, our first baby girl. So, yeah. Uh, the, you know, oh, I thought you had it already. Her. Okay, I thought no, you had it already. No, I think you I think you see the, my my nephews are the ones pictured. No, the uh, the prenatal photos of my baby girl are the only ones so far. Uh, oh, so right. We're, we're okay. very excited, and it, she'll be the uh, she'll be one of the youngest at the the future walk for PKD in September. <laughs> nice, nice. She'll have her own fundraising page. That's right. <laughs> well, guys, it's uh, always a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, we can all learn from each other. Uh, even if we don't even have the same chronic disease, we can encourage each other, we can be there for each other, and uh, that's so much what the PKD Foundation is about. So I really appreciate you guys joining me today. Uh, I always have fun talking to you, and hey, it's uh, kidney month, so it's nice to get the word out so that when you ask people about PKD on the street, they're not looking at you like, what the heck is that? That's right. It's it's the perfect time, and, you know, we just carry the, uh, the torch throughout the entire year. So March is a, is a time to show, but we keep the advocacy going locally 24-7, 365. And uh, with... Uh, Luckily, with internet radio, this interview is available online forever. So uh, that's always there for people for their edumacation of uh, what what they have. So great to great <laughs> yeah. to have you guys, Matan. Always uh, amazing to talk to you. And uh, always a pleasure. Uh, I know you guys are uh, doing a great job. Thanks so much for joining me today. Take care. Thanks again for having us. Take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.